you're listening to the Align and Expand podcast. Join your host, Lauren Runyon, in conversations that will inspire you to intentionally create a life you love. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Align and Expand. My name is Lauren Runyon, and I am so excited to be back talking with you in a solo episode. It's been a really long time since I have done a solo episode. And I'll tell you, (laughs) I've actually recorded two other episodes. I keep trying to record this episode, and it's not coming out how I want. And this has to be my final cut. (laughs) This is the final draft. And today we were talking about how are you carrying your load? I really wanted to name it something like dirty, like sounded like poop or something, make a poop joke with with the title, but... It didn't, it didn't come out that way. So we're going to be chatting about how are you carrying your load and your load meaning really your life and the stressors in your life. And I wanted to start off this episode with a quote by Lou Holtz, and it's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. And I feel like that quote is so important. It's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. I love this quote because it really holds true for so much of what's going on in our lives. It's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. And that all leads back to me when I hear that quote leads back to your thoughts and how your thoughts impact the way that you are carrying and handling the stressors in your life. So today we're going to be chatting about a few things. I'm going to be just first talking a little bit about why I'm in the middle of an Instagram break, because part of the reason I'm taking one kind of goes with this this conversation. And I also just wanted to share it because it's been really, it's been very, very, I was going to say lightning. <laughs> like I feel lighter being off Instagram for a little bit. So I want to chat about that. And then we are going to be talking about stress and kind of some really maybe more scientific words when it comes to stress so that you guys can start I'm going to start laying the, the, or planting the seeds of the garden of how your thoughts are affecting how stressed you feel. Because we're starting with this episode. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to actually go into like a four or five part series of solo podcast episodes talking about the types of thoughts that are keeping you stuck and stressed. And the reason I have gone this direction. So I feel like, you know, One of the conversations I've had in my head is that I've pivoted my business like a million times. And if, you know, if you're an entrepreneur out there, you know that you can get really stuck in your head and people are like, oh, people are going to whatever. You can do it. The reason I have started talking so much about stress is because I realized the more I worked with clients, the thing they wanted to not feel was stress. But the reason they had the stress was all very different. I wanted to focus on creating tangible things that people can learn to to embody to help them deal with the stress that's happening in their life because stress holds you back. Stress keeps you from being aligned. Stress keeps you from manifesting. It really keeps you from creating this ultimate life that you want to create when you're stuck in being completely stressed out. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about stress, how it looks in your life, and some words that are going to help you familiarize like really what's happening in the body. So let's start with the IG break thing. So it's been about two weeks. I'm two weeks in and I decided to take a break from Instagram starting around the 1st of July. It was probably like July 4th. And it was something that I felt like I needed to do. I kept feeling like that in June. June was a really rough month for me because 
I not only got really into my head about my business and how I was showing up from a webinar that I went to, it was like a really informative webinar, but I got really into my head about how I can show up. When I got into my head, I also started looking for external approval about the direction I wanted to go in my business and how I'm talking and what I'm talking about and when it comes to stress and all these things. I just convinced myself that what I heard in this webinar meant that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. On top of that, June was, you know, the first month my kids were off school. So I then had three kids at home with me. I have two dogs, two cats. We don't live in that big of a house. And it was a lot. It was a lot for me to deal with. And I found myself edging, you know, coming towards the edge of like parental burnout, where I was in the state of being not, I don't want to say dysregulated, but I I guess to be honest, I, I was dysregulated despite everything that I was doing to stay regulated. I didn't stop any of my practices. I was still feeling very hyper aroused and hypo like aroused at the exact same time. And we're going to get into a little bit more about what that would look like from a nervous system standpoint later in this conversation. What I found is that like I needed to just calm the noise. It just felt like noise having getting on Instagram. And the reasons that I was getting on Instagram wasn't necessarily to scroll because I was having a good time. It was I was scrolling to get permission to be my authentic self. And it was making me go into a space that made me feel very frozen. And I also needed to take something off my plate. So it's kind of twofold. I needed to, I couldn't continue. There's a lot of people out there that'll just like keep trying to push through and, and don't care that they feel dysregulated. I know what it feels like to be aligned and regulated and I want to stay that way. And that meant that I couldn't keep doing everything that I was doing prior to summer break. Something had to give and what my gut was telling me it needed to be was Instagram. So like I said, I'm not a big scroller, but when I would scroll, it would be with intention of seeing like how I added up in the field and and feeling pretty insignificant and feeling like I could never be what I want to be because I'm not a PhD or I don't have, you know, 40 years of experience under my belt or whatever, or I've pivoted 3 million times. <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily say I've even pivoted that many times. My message has just continued to be refined to what it is that I love to help people with. So I paused Instagram and it's taken, I, I thought what I thought would happen is I would pause Instagram and all of a sudden I would just feel like, oh, the gates would open up and I'd have all these intuitive downloads and all these things would start to happen and it didn't. But I'm now about two weeks in when I'm recording this and I finally feel more connected with my vision and my authentic self and who I am and how it is I want to help people. And I'm finally starting to feel like, I have lifted the curtains of this fog that I let, you know, kind of come over me. And so I'm really glad that I decided to do this. And I've really realized that I enjoy learning and I enjoy taking in content, but not from a place of Instagram. So I think I'm going to be back on Instagram because what I really miss is talking to people. It's just been very eye-opening to see what I've noticed from this Instagram break. I noticed that I have this narrative of guilt, of not wanting people to think that I'm mean or this, this bad person because I have logged in for my photography 
you know, business that I have. And I have seen messages that are sitting there and I have seen where people have shared the podcast, brand new people that I am so happy are listening and they've shared the podcast and their story, but I'm not immediately resharing it. And then I feel like they're going to think I'm this terrible person. So there's, it's been very eye-opening to hear the stories that I tell myself as to why I need to be on Instagram as much as I am or doing what I am doing on there. And all of the reasons that I was actually on there, um, I would say at least 50% of them weren't my goal. They weren't the things that were actually going to move me forward. So it's been great to have the break. And it also gave me a little bit more permission to not just let go of Instagram, but also let go of whatever it is that I feel like I needed to do in my business, whatever should that I kept having in my head. If I couldn't get to it, the most important thing for me was to focus on on my kids. And so I think what I'm trying to get out of this conversation and just sharing with you guys is that at times there are different seasons in our lives and there are going to be things that are more important or have more focus. And and I wanted my summer break, I think something that has happened to me for years since I have, you know, left having a typical job where I'm going someplace or even being an online uh, nurse manager or whatever, is that summer gets over, summer's over, and then I feel like I didn't do anything that I wanted to do with my kids. And then at the beginning of the summer, I saw something probably on Instagram where someone said, you know, you only have this many summers left with your children. I only have four left with my daughter. And that's probably less because I'm sure she's going to have a job and at some point. And I just thought, okay, wow, I can't let I can't let the summer go by. I can't be stressed out about my businesses and stressed out about trying to um, spend time with my kids. What I can't get back is this time with my kids. And what I can always do is build a business of my dreams. So I'm so glad that I took the time that I am taking now in case anyone was curious as to why I am not on Instagram at the moment. The other thing that we're going to be diving into is we're going to be starting to talk about like the stress. So summer break, what it it did is it was, it pushed me over my edge, <laughs> my edge of being able to stay regulated. And so I kind of said, couldn't the stuff that I was doing wasn't working. The stuff that I normally do that helps me stay regulated wasn't working. Like June, I was seriously felt like I screamed all the time. And then I just felt constantly frustrated, whatever. So it's been great to see that just making one change had significant impact in my life and it, and nothing fell apart. My business isn't, you know, like I haven't lost money. I haven't lost followers. I have actually gained followers in my podcast. I haven't posted a podcast and I don't know how long. And, and I kept having, I would hear a story that I had to just block out because I knew it wasn't true. And taking this time off my podcast has grown. And so for anyone who is out there feeling like you need to let something go or just take a break from anything in your life, but you're too scared to, maybe just give it a try for two weeks. It took about two weeks for things to start to do what I thought would happen with with my break. And so you need to give it time for your brain to readjust and your nervous system to readjust to what it is that you are hoping will happen with this break that you have. And then also start to notice, you know, I, I touched on this just a minute ago and I should have said it then. I noticed a story of guilt that kept coming up when it was around Instagram and the things that I felt like I needed to do or or feeling bad or guilty. And I know as a woman and any other woman that's listening, doesn't matter what your life looks like, whether you're a parent or, you know, 
in a relationship or you're single or, or whatever, there is some kind of guilt that you probably have every single day. And the reason that you do something is because you're worried or feel bad or whatever, because someone is going to think something of you. And it may be that you feel like you need to re- reply immediately to an email or to do everything your boss says immediately, or you have to pick up extra shifts or something that I hear when, especially when someone's building a business, as they're ready to leave their job and it takes them forever to leave either the freelance position that they've been in or their real job because they feel bad. They feel like they have this responsibility to these other people versus living their lives for themselves. And I'm here to hopefully encourage you with this conversation to take a grace over guilt approach and realize that your needs matter first and foremost. And you can only create the life that you want and the alignment that you seek when you start letting go of the guilt that is keeping you in the same place. So let's talk about stress. Let's talk about stressors and stress. So the word stress is actually the term, scientifically, it's what what your body does in response to a stressor. So stress is like the stress response is what happens in your mind and in your body when there is a stressor that is, you know, applied to it. We'll say the word applied. The stressor can be anything. The stressor can be something that's real. The stressor can be something that's imagined, like a belief or a thought that you have in your mind. The stressor can be really significant. The stressor can be really little. The stressor could be your alarm going off in the morning. Those are all things that are called stressors. The stressors can be good, which is called eustress. Then there's there's other types of stress. We have what was happening in my life. When we are doing okay with the stressors in our life and the way that our body is handling the stress and the stress response, we are in what's called allostasis. And allostasis is like homeostasis. And it is when your body is able to do what you're meant to do, like you're flowing in life and you have this ability to handle the stressors that are in your life, in your life. You will have these different waves or currents all day long. Let's start talking about stress. So when we're talking about stress, I want to first introduce you to the concept of the window of tolerance. And the window of tolerance was developed by Dr. Dan Siegel. And I was taught by my teacher, uh, Dr. Scott Lyons, that he, he thinks of it or he talks about it as a riverbank. So we have this window of tolerance when it comes to our stress. In the middle of this riverbank is allostasis. That, so like when things are flowing really well in your life and you're able to handle, it doesn't matter what the stressors are, but you're able to handle them really well, then you're in what's called allostasis and you're within your window of tolerance. So if you th- you're thinking of it like a, a riverbank, you're flowing and the water is staying right down in that riverbank and it's not going over one side or the other. You could have all different kinds of waves or currents all day long. You know, you could have your morning coffee and then things are cool and calm and then your kids wakes up, wakes up screaming and there's a little bit of a wave. But all of them are within your means of your body to be able to handle the, the stressors with the stressors the resources your body has. So then let's say, so like within this window of tolerance, when you go one direction or the other, you're starting to get out of your window of tolerance. You're starting to get out of what is your allostasis and you're starting to get into your 
into an allostatic load. And so an allostatic load would be when you are starting to get closer to feeling a little bit more unregulated. So you can have, let's say you um, get this unexpected bill that might be, that might put you into something that's called an allostatic load, which is when you're nearing this edge of your resources for handling stress. So you weren't expecting this bill, you were handling stress really well, and then all of a sudden you got this gigantic bill and then everything feels more stressful. You may have had, you have may have like gone to this edge of your allostatic load. You're still within that riverbank, but you may spill over just a tad, but you come back down into this window of tolerance or your riverbank, however you want to think about that. But you're using way more energy and your body's resources to help you deal with the stressors that are happening in your life. Let's say something else happens. We'll use summer break as the example that kind of breaks the straw that breaks the camel's back. You have something that takes over. It could be something very chronic, you know, like taking care of a loved one that's sick or or summer break because that lasts a long time. It took a couple weeks for the the for me to get to the point where I couldn't handle the stress. You go into what's called an allostatic overload. You're over the riverbank and you're overflowing. And you don't have the ability, like there's so much overflow, you're not coming back down into the riverbank, into that window of tolerance where you have the resources to help you deal with stress. And when you don't have the resources to deal with the stress or the stressors that are happening in your life, that's when you become dysregulated. Dysregulated meaning, and I am going to talk about this again, I mentioned this, meaning you're getting into this hypo, hyper arousal or hypo arousal or like fight or flight, or fawn or freeze, or there's different states within the the nervous system that you can go into when you go out of your window of tolerance into this allostatic overload, and everyone is very different as to how they respond. I don't normally freeze. I don't normally get to a point where I'm not taking action. This past, like in June, I was to the point where I was fight or flight, and also not moving. (laughs) Also not depressed, but almost what somebody who is depressed would feel like having this inability to connect with with things or or what it really truly felt like was my authentic self. What's really important to know about this window of tolerance is that it can change and everyone's is different. So your window of tolerance today may very be very different tomorrow. And your window of tolerance is very different than your husband's or your girlfriend's or wife's or like whatever, whoever you want to think about, brother, sister, mom, dad coworker. Everyone has a very different window of tolerance and everyone's window of tolerance can change, can change daily. It can change hourly. (laughs) Um, So one day your window of tolerance can be wide open and that's why things feel really good. And like stress is just kind of flowing off your back. It's just water off your back or whatever that saying is. And then the next day you're stressed the fuck out and you can't handle anything. I also believe, and I don't have any scientific evidence to back this up, But as a woman, I believe that your hormones can definitely make your window of tolerance a lot smaller. I believe that we have these fluctuations in our hormones that cause us to have a shift in the window of tolerance of how well we handle stress. That's just my opinion, (laughs) my very unscientific um, opinion. So other things that could affect your window of tolerance are like sleep. How well are you sleeping? How well did you sleep last night? Have you ever noticed that when you get a crappy night's sleep, you are in a really bad mood the next day? Well, your window of tolerance and your ability to handle and the resources available for you to handle your stressors has lessened. So it doesn't take much for you to just blow up. Nutrition. 
Like, have you eaten that day? Have you had crap food that makes you feel like garbage? Have you had too much caffeine? Your beliefs and thoughts. Your beliefs and thoughts, although not all of your thoughts and beliefs are true, your body will always believe everything that you're saying, and it can have a dramatic impact on your window of tolerance. Kind of like what I said, I did this webinar And I was doing fine, and then I did this webinar, and my thoughts and beliefs really lowered my window of tolerance of being able to handle things when it came to my business. And I got stuck because I lowered it all the way down, and I kept it so lowered because of my beliefs and my thoughts that I was having. Traumatic events, you know, a history of trauma. You know, it could be that you are going through the trauma now, big T, little t, or a history of trauma that you've not been able to move past can definitely keep your window of tolerance smaller. So the goal with all of this, the goal with when it comes to stress is being able to cope with stressors and triggers when they come and manage the resulting emotions and not get stuck in this allostatic overload or over the riverbank and not be able to come back down. So what this might look like or what this looked like for me personally is when I got over, I wasn't able to manage my emotions. I was not able to manage how I was, like, I couldn't. And, and sometimes it felt a little scary. I was not handling my emotions with my children's very, children very well at all, period. Like, I would lose my shit over something stupid and yell, and then I'd be so mad. So here's the next thing. I would be so mad, and I spent all of June being so upset with myself because I felt I was ashamed that I was so dysregulated. I was just so, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't understand. I didn't know why I was going through it. And then I felt a lot of shame around it. I kept judging myself every time it would happen or every time that I would do breath work and I wouldn't feel better. I started to have this whole process of having shame around my dysregulation. And so we also need to allow for the dysregulation to be there and be open to what you're feeling so that you can process the feelings. Because the more that you get upset that you're having them, the more you just keep shutting down. So how do we improve or increase our window of tolerance? That's probably what you're wondering. Well, number one, you're going to want to address things like sleep, nutrition. Those are easy. Those are things that are pretty easy to probably notice on how well you are handling stress and making uh, an initial change if you are wondering. Like, for example, if I have two cups of coffee, I know I'm not going to be regulated that day. I know that my fuse is so short that it's not even pleasant for me because I'm mad at everyone (laughs) because the nutrition affected my window of tolerance and my body's ability to handle the stressors that were coming into my life. And the stressors could be so small but my body lost the ability to actually handle those stressors because I've taxed my nervous system and I've used up its resources having too much caffeine, essentially. How you improve your window of tolerance is going to depend on, on what state you're in. Are you hyper aroused? Are you stuck in fight or flight, like where you're anxious and angry and yelling and like fleeing, essentially? Or are you hypo aroused? So there are all kinds of things that you can do. And I'm going to start getting into them in this series when it comes to the the types of thoughts that you're having. You need to know steps that you can do in the moment and steps that you can do that help you stay regulated. So you guys have heard me talk about, obviously, there's breathwork on this podcast. Five minutes of breathwork, of slow breathing, where you're breathing like everyone will be starting at a different pace because I don't want to just throw this number out there and then you try and do it. 
maybe like six, around six to seven, five, in between five to seven times a minute, five minutes a day. So if you were to do box breath, the box breathing for five minutes a day, that's going to slow your breath down so that you're tapping into that parasympathetic nervous system. Five minutes a day, daily, builds up and you're improving your ability to drop back down into your parasympathetic nervous system, especially for those who find themselves on the on the hyper arousal side when you're in that fight or flight. Obviously, things like yoga and meditation are going to be really good for those. But my problem with yoga and meditation, even though I teach both of them, if you don't learn how to actually calm down your nervous system while you're doing it, then it's not going to matter. So if you go into yoga and you go to yoga class and all you're worried about is if you're doing the pose right and if you look fat in your clothes or, you know, like, is this, is that girl better than me or whatever it is that you have going on in your brain, what am I going to do for dinner afterwards? Which I know happens because you can get distracted if you're not in your body. And if you're in this yoga class that's, I don't know, super hot or super fast and all you're thinking about, you're just, that's not necessarily calming down. You're not tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system when you're constantly keeping yourself in a state of arousal by thinking all those things. And the same thing happens with meditation. If you aren't, if you are, have a relationship with meditation where you feel like it's hard or you're not good at it, or you have this whole story about you suck at meditation, then you judge yourself while you're in it and you get out of it. Well, that probably didn't do a whole lot of good. If you are constantly in that story, my suggestion for that, for both of those is to practice yoga nidra. And I I will probably eventually have a whole podcast episode on this, but yoga nidra for is not, is not moving. You're not moving in this practice. You're actually, it's, you're laying down and you're sleeping. Essentially, your mind is in this conscious awareness. Your body goes into a state of sleep. And it's a, it is a type of meditation, but the reason it is so powerful is a number of reasons, but why it's so powerful for your stress is number one, it's taking you through the, the, uh, these cycles of sleep. So we sleep so that our body heals. You're actually going through the cycles of sleep when you're going through your yoga nidra practice. From a yoga philosophy or yoga science, we are using what are called, like we're healing our koshas and we are um, I don't know if healing is the right word, but balancing. And we are getting access to our five koshas, which are these sheaths that we have around us or within us. They're, everyone kind of imagines them differently, but they go basically from the gross body, from like our physical body, you know, something like uh, tangible to something very, very, very not tangible. Yoga Nidra is perfect for anyone who cannot calm down their mind. Even if the breath work feels like too much, yoga nidra can help you do these things because it's guided the entire time and your body already knows how to do these things. So this isn't uh, a ploy to get you to go do it, but you should. <laughs> and I have yoga nidras on my YouTube channel. Everyone, most of the people except for the ones that signed up missed the fact that I did a four-week yoga class called Restore and Replenish. And it's a, it was a weekly class that we did. It was one hour that focused 30 minutes on slow yoga and 30 minutes yoga nidra. So if you're interested of when that might happen again, then you can sign up in the show notes for like a notification list of when I run it or just get on my email list and you won't miss it. Anyway, that, that will make a significant difference in how you are handling your life and your stressors and help you improve 
basically resilience, which is going to help you improve your ability to bounce back and come back into your window of tolerance. As I said, this conversation is a great precursor for what is going to be happening on the podcast over the next, I'm going to say few months, just because I don't know how often I'm going to release a podcast episode. But when you are seeing my solo episodes, what I'm going to be talking about are these four to five types of thoughts that are keeping you stuck and stressed. And the reason you need this is because the first step in changing anything is awareness. And if you don't know the types of thoughts that you're having that are keeping you where you are, then you're going to stay in the same spot. Like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, everyone that I was working with or everyone that I do work with, one of their goals is to not feel stressed. But their stress is all very different. Their stress could be that they don't believe in themselves and their business or their stress is that they're having a hard time with their spouse or their significant other. Their stress could be that, you know, everyone's stress is very different. But a lot of the times, I'm going to go, I'm going to be really bold and I'm going to say another unscientific fact. I'm going to say like 75% of the time, the stress that you have is non-physical. It is It is happening in your brain. It is the thoughts that you're having. And the thoughts or your expectations or your resistance or your um, guilt are keeping you stuck in this space that is keeping you stressed. So I'm super excited about this, this series that's coming. Thank you to my Instagram break to help me like finally come up with a, a wonderful idea to be talking to you guys about when it comes to stress and your thoughts because I'm here to help you with those things. And if you need any help, you don't want to wait until you hear these episodes or you hear these episodes and you can't, you're so excited listening to this today and you're like, yes, I'm dysregulated. I need help. Reach out. I have one-to-one coaching that I can help you with. I offer Yoga Nidra that's one-to-one. It doesn't matter. We can find something that's going to help you stay regulated and be able to feel more functional and emotionally regulated and less triggered. So happy to be chatting with you guys again in a solo episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I do want to ask that if I know I just had some recent reviews. Thank you so much for your recent reviews. If you love this podcast, I'd be so grateful for you to head on over and leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. You can also just hit the five stars. We don't even feel like typing. Just hit five stars. (laughs) Move on with your day. If you love this episode, you could also take a screenshot, tag me in on Instagram at lauren.runyon and share it with your other followers so that they can come and learn more about the stress that is affecting their lives, the stressors and how to handle them better. Thank you so much, friends. And I can't wait to dive into more of this topic with you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Align and Expand podcast. If you're an iTunes listener and you loved this episode, please leave a review. And if you leave a review, send me a screenshot and then I will be sending you a special exclusive meditation made only for my listeners who are so kind enough to take time out of their day to leave a review of the podcast. Thank you.